right, guys, I'm here with legend coach Bill Moore, all the way from Mesa, Arizona. Uh, first, want to thank our sponsor, Born in the Cage. Uh, go check out their gear, borninthecage.com. This is one of their newer shirts, uh, Pro for you, Born in the Cage. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, Derek, Bino, shout out to you guys. Thanks for coming on. Um, super excited about having our guest on the show today. Oh, one more thing. Go check out EmeraldCoastBaseballAcademy.com. Subscribe to this podcast. Uh, we'll have information on Bill, uh, manager uh, Santa Fe Fuego, 2014 uh, league champions uh, this year. Bill, thanks for, thanks for uh, getting this all connected. I'm super pumped. I talked to our man Bowser, and he wasn't uh, quite sure if we were actually going to get this going or not. And uh, I told him, you know what? I've tech supported many of people over the phone. We'll get it going for sure. I heard you and Bowser and Charlie Calavia. Speaking of my technological skills, and the guys really knocked me upside the head. But I'm glad we got this thing done, John. And thank you for guiding me through this thing. Bill, anytime you ever need anything, you know you can always call on me. So I'm just glad, thank just happy to. Good to see you. Good to see you're in good health, good form. Um, Let's, let's jump right into it. Um, we'll start off from the beginning. You and I met, let's see, about two and a half years ago, right? Uh, played for you. Uh, had a weird situation, kind of got traded, released. I don't even really know what the details were, but you called me up, gave me a shot. And, uh, you know, without uh, guys like you and, and uh, the Pecos League that just give guys a chance to start somewhere their professional career, mm-hmm. I really feel like... Uh, that is is such a uh, commodity um there's a lot of positives and negatives going on with the pecos league and you hear people all the time you see it on social media uh you know and they even had the the reality show on fox about the pecos league i personally had no issues once i understood what it was it was a entry level job trying to get guys exposure and experience uh, for those that don't know, your stats do go on big time uh, uh, baseball reference, the cube, uh, all the things that you need to be a professional minor leaguer, uh, independent or not, to really try to put yourself out there. Uh, you gave me a shot. Uh, I remember my first outing. Uh, I was uh, excited to, to, to get back on the mound. I'd been like a week out. I had never pitched at your place. Uh, I, the team I was on before that was a completely different it was a it was a real field I would say distance wise I didn't have any issues and uh, I think I came out and gave up like six runs and like four innings and uh, like two of them home runs just got absolutely lit up was confused didn't understand you know it was a different place and you can't it really taught me how to pitch through adversity um, but you came out and uh, you, you know you came out took the ball from me said don't worry I'm uh, I'm not sending you home just uh, get ready for your next start and I you know walking off the mound I said okay all right I feel a little bit better you know uh, I if I if you know I heard the other day they were talking about a perfectionist with uh, Kershaw and uh, King Felix and, and two guys that I really like to uh, uh, follow anytime they throw and see how they attack guys. And uh, I, I kind of have that perfectionist in myself. If I don't go out and execute even just one pitch, I get a little upset about it. So, you know, I appreciate it. And, you know, and I tell you, you know, I'm good to see you're, you're successful this year. And, and thanks, for, thanks for all the guidance and all the hard times and the good times and, and all the stuff. So my first question is, um, uh, well, first, congratulations on, on winning your, your championship with the Pecos. Let's run through your history. Um, what got you into coaching, and, and what's your what's your playing history? 
What's my what? What, what got you into coaching from the beginning? When did you start? Uh, I th This last summer was my 43rd year. No, that's a lie. 42nd year to coach. Maybe 43rd. I don't remember. But it doesn't matter. Long time ago. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, I just enjoyed the game. And I was trying to play. And there wasn't all of the independent league baseball things that, were, that there are now. Uh, MSBL. We're talking a long time ago, John. I'm almost 50 now. Uh, maybe a little of it. Uh, there wasn't the MSBL and all the all the places a guy could play when he was finished with high school, college, whatever you were playing. That was the end of the road, man. You know, you could play. Uh, I, I played in the old Mexican League in Phoenix, which was a good league to play in. It was just a place to play, though. You know, there were 50 old guys out there drinking beer and throwing strikes or throwing at you or something. And uh, there was nowhere to play. So hmm, maybe I ought to start trying to coach a little bit. So I started trying to coach, and yeah, it worked out pretty good. And I wound up getting some good baseball players playing for me. And uh, uh, here we are, you know, 43 years later. It was 43 years, as a matter of fact. Awesome. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, for the, those that don't know, the Pecos League plays National League rules. The pitcher gets to hit. Um, I thought originally that would be a fun idea. I, being so far out of it, by the time I got back in there, the other side of the ball coming at you is just for me. It was uh, it, it turned into a not necessarily an issue, but me looking at how things progress, trying to level up your career and take steps forward. It's you know I took advantage of it when I could, but I also understood when I was trying to win the game, and I really saw a lot of the coaching philosophies that I personally try to do to the youngsters down here in Florida, um, you know, trying to take extra bases, be a smart base runner, and just not be, you know, make any kind of mistakes. And then I felt even more pressure that I was pitching in the game because if you came down to it, anything that I did to cause an extra out, that's on me. And that hurts even me even more because I'm pitching, you know, I'm playing the whole game. So I can see where, you know, uh, um, I've, I've looked into a lot of the stuff. I've talked to a lot of people about the DH, and uh, I personally think that DH is going to come over and just take over uh, all of baseball. you got a lot of baseball traditionalists that don't like it, but then you got a lot of economists and, and other people that say, you know, you look at ERAs are almost a point to a point and a half higher on average um, in, in uh, you know, in the American League, and that's better for baseball. It sells more tickets. There's more home runs. You know, granted, there's not as many strategy moves, um, but I think we're moving to more of a matchup-based game anyway, where you know you do make more of the pitching changes based on the the uh, the pitcher. And I personally hated it every time you took me out in the dang fifth or sixth inning because you were hard to one take ball out. game. And uh, <laughs> you know, I know you got about 65, 70 pitches, but uh, we're looking in the future, and I need to. We got to make a, a statement now, and I understood it, but. You know, it, it. I always felt like, dang, if you could just let me, if I could just get through that, you know. And so, it, it. I understood it from your side, and you know, of course, I had a problem with it. No, I don't know a pitcher that ever wants to come out of the game, but, you know, it, uh, it, that being said, uh, you and did you enjoy having the National League and being able to have that option right there? I, I liked it a lot. I. I um... I guess maybe you could call me a traditionalist, you know, I mean, I, uh, the DH came in and, and, uh, I went, eh, but 
it, it is. It's more exciting for the fans to have that other bopper in the lineup, and, and uh, it makes a difference. Back, back to you and hitting, John. You you did a good job uh, getting the ball on the ground and bunting and doing some things like that uh, that kind of kept you in ballgame maybe for another another inning or until the next at-bat or something of that nature. Uh, which was good. I mean, you worked at it. You, you, we take batting practice, and there's Sintez over there getting some balls on the ground for us, and, and that helps. That helps keep the pitcher in the ball game if you know he can bunt. Um, uh, if he's throwing well, and you know he can get the ball on the ground, maybe I'll let him hit for himself and bunt a guy over. You know, you guys that uh, that don't take that part of the game seriously as pitchers. Uh, are not just cheating their team and their teammates are cheating themselves. They're, they might be cheating themselves out of an extra inning or two on the hill. And uh, we, we stress that a lot this summer. Uh, get your bunts in. Uh, we, we, we sent the pitchers down to the bullpen area. You're familiar with Fort Marcy down the bullpen area. And then had them bunt once a week when we were home. Just bunt for 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that... I, I pride my in high school I could bunt. I never understood the issue with bunting. I felt like if you did your technique perfect, you know the it, it was kind of easy. The only issue I ever had was uh, I remember we faced one guy from uh, Raton throwing 93-94, and he I believe he hit Calamia in front of me, and he also almost hit the guy in front of him, and they were all on fastballs up and in, and it was two short guys. And I knew it was, it was no out turner on first and second. I'm like, oh, God, he's going to make me bunt. I know he's going to make me bunt. And so we get up there, and sure enough, he gave me the bunt sign, and that first ball this guy threw whizzed by my face, and probably about 93, 94. And I was like, this is not fun anymore. I'm not having any fun. Because you're not hitting at that point. You know your mission is either, okay, either get as many pitches as you can from the pitcher to waste on you, or you're supposed to put a bunt down as early as you can, do your job, get off the field, don't pull a hammy running down to first, you know? <laughs> That's your job as a pitcher. And it always seemed, you know, we had an outstanding offense in, in, in out there when I was with you, and it always seemed like it came up. And it was, it was oh, run around first and second, <laughs> no outs, you know? And as a matter of fact, I remember one time, I think I led off an inning early in the game or something. And uh, I think it, it was later on in the season, I believe you said something to me like, hey, if you bunt, I'm taking you out. And I called time, and I said, it's the second inning. <laughs> and you said, you said, I don't care. You swing at the first pitch. And everybody. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah you know. And, and so I think a guy threw a slider or something. I wasn't even close to it. I just swung at it. And everybody was laughing. It was just a funny little moment there. But, you know, it was, you know, it is what it is. Fort Marcy, I mean, in BP, I, you know, everybody's hitting home runs in BP there. And I never – I thought of it a couple times, you know, trying to get into one, but I never felt like that was my job as a, you know, pitchers go, if, if a pitcher went out against me and swung at the first pitch, if he hit it, awesome. But even if he didn't, you know, more than likely I was going to throw something that cut or sank just in case. That way he did swing at the first pitch and, oh, you hit a ground ball, thanks for saving me a couple extra pitches, man. And so I never wanted to, to worry about that, so. That's that was that was always a fun part of my the game that I had with you it was it was it was awesome stuff. Um, so we're we're in the, this year in Santa Fe. You had um, the player of the year, the MVP, Mr. Eric Kozel. Um, tell me about him. Uh, we uh, we got I got to throw to him a little bit the year before. 
I, I felt like he was a special guy. Um, uh, li he's listed, what, about 6'4", about 200, 210? Probably somewhere right around there. That's a good, strong guess right there. Eric, uh, I had a pitcher this year uh, put it real well. He told me, he says, throwing to Eric is like throwing into a pillow. Uh, it's nice and soft back there, to, you know, no brick hands to bounce off and base runners advance on. And and, and uh, he, he was one of those guys that, was, that framed pitches very subtly. Uh, he, he never, if, if the pitch wasn't a strike, he didn't try to fool an umpire. But if it was close, he stuck it pretty good and let the umpire see it. And... Um, I didn't think he could throw the year that you and you played with us. I didn't think he could throw, but then this last summer, I'm going, damn, this guy throws the ball well too. I think he's probably a two-one, two-two guy, but everything's you know an ankle high strike on the first base side of second. Guys are out; they just run into the, a good a good throw and a good tag. You know, it's, it's easy. Eric's a good baseball player. He got hit by pitch 63 times, I believe, during the summer. His on-base percentage was just unreal, and he hit just over 400, I believe. Was. Did he uh, Did he get an opportunity to continue on after the season? I did my best to sell Eric Cosell, and nobody ever, oh, well, we got an all-world guy, we got an all-world guy, okay, okay. And Eric can run, too. Eric run like hell. He's probably a 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six runner. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he can play the outfield, play either corner in the infield. He played a little second base, I think, in college, someplace in California, maybe. And um, Eric's just a baseball player, and uh, he does have... Uh, I was able to get he, him and two other guys a tryout with the Diamondbacks. I believe it's a twenty around the twentieth of this month. And, and I'm there. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'd really. You know what? You know what? Let me work on that a bit, John. Are you in shape, ready to roll? Hey, I threw yesterday. I threw. I threw a bunch yesterday. I feel good. I feel yeah, strong. you told me that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah let me well. work on a, that. I, let me uh, work on that. Yeah, hey, you know, I'm always looking for a good opportunity, and you never know what what's going to happen. And I, I, I like, I never stop throwing. I, I'm, I'm a big component of. I'm, I'm that old school Nolan Ryan. I think you and I talked about, you know, how back in the day with you, it wasn't even a matter of in season, out of season. It was just you, you just had to throw. I mean, it was. The, just something you did. You just threw every once in a while. If, even, if you were at, if you were in season, you know you threw because you're in season. If you're out of season, it was you threw because you were out of season. And that's, you know, that's something that I'm trying to profess. Matter of fact, when I was at the college yesterday, I had a conversation with the the head coach that was at the college that I was at is uh, is was my pitching coach in junior college. And uh, matter of fact, that's back when I threw submarine, and and he didn't. Uh, he, it was his idea, and you know, it, it just didn't work out with with the program with them, and they had new guys coming in. You understand how junior college is, where you know, oh, we got this new recruit or this new transfer guy coming in, and sometimes the grass is always greener. So it forced me yeah. to go back yeah. to the things that I I needed to do to to become you know to become a starter and 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 to, to be myself as a pitcher, and so that worked out. But uh, it was kind of funny in. I get to train with them whenever whenever they have an opportunity for me to throw. So I throw about once a week, um, and they let me just go out there and face as many guys as I want. And you know, it's 
for a college guy coming straight out of high school, you know, most of them don't even know what a cutter is or a, or a good a good two seamer and and sequences. And you know, I'm throwing inside back foot change ups to righties, inside cutters up and in, down and in. You know, and they've never seen anything like that. And it's it it yeah, is fun yeah. for me to help them and show them that side of it and and show them and you know. And then the other thing is that we're talking about throwing. I mean, I think they're in their third or fourth week of their season, their fall season. And they've already got sore arms, this and that. And, you know, I was able to sit down and talk to them. I look, I, I got back two months ago. It hasn't been, oh, but it's been a month. It's been, Sorry, it's been about a month since uh, my last start. And uh, I, I still I went into lessons, started throwing this and that. I, and I never want to lose that elasticity in my arm. So, yeah, you know, yeah. when, when guys shut it down, quote, unquote, I, I don't think that means from throwing. I think it means from pitching, from actual bullpen you know, spinning all your pitches and everything, right. but just playing catch and throwing, I think that's way more important. I, I agree with that philosophy 100%. Let's play catch tonight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, let me, all right. So let's get into some deep philosophy stuff. Um, I always wanted to know how you evaluated a guy. We went into camp. Um, and I'll tell you a funny little story. You, you probably remember the guy, uh, a guy named Jimmy Maxwell. Um, Jimmy, who? <laughs> Jimmy played with me and, and you down in Mexico. Uh, Jimmy's and, awesome. And, uh, I remember, and Jimmy and I still, still joke about this. Uh, uh, you, you pulled me aside one day. We were having a, 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 a competition at first base and I guess you and I just weren't seeing things differently. Now, do you remember what happened in spring training? Remember this conversation we had? I was going to send Jimmy home seven or eight times during spring training. I thought this guy, all he can do is hit a long fly ball. He can't catch, can't do nothing. All he can do is every once in a while he runs into one. And then I got to thinking about it. Yeah, but it's happening more often for him than anybody else. Yeah. Jimmy could play. He was a good defender. He's a big guy. Uh, and he had legit power. You know, I mean, Santa Fe's a little short ballpark, but uh, his, his home runs sometimes had some distance to them. <laughs> yeah, some of them, it didn't matter. It wasn't, not all of them were Fort Marcy home runs. A lot of them were yeah. uh, no doubters off the bat. And, and, uh, and a lot of them won ball games late. I mean, he, 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 he'd come up in a late situation, and even if he didn't hit a home run, he hit a missile someplace and get that guy home from second base. Jimmy, Jimmy was a good clutch-up guy. Well, for, for those that don't, uh, for, I'll, I'll finish the story for you. It was a hilarious situation between Jimmy and this other guy. We get down to the last cut, and, and you just straight up ask my opinion. And for me, I thought it was a no-brainer. I really thought, I was like, wow, this, this guy can play third and first. He plays a little outfield, too. Uh, he caught, and I don't even think you knew he caught. Um, yeah, I, didn't I just know think that. he didn't get all the information out to you. And you're going, like, ah, this guy's on the bubble. And I'm like, I go, Bill, look, if it's me, I, it's no doubt. I mean, no offense to the other guy. I was like, but I'll tell you this. I don't want to face the guy, if that tells you anything. The guy is not fun to face. You know, he, he hits, he makes contact and strong contact often. He may, you know, and that might give credit, you know, for what you saw in, in our live situations in spring where our live pitchers came out and dominated in, in spring ball. I mean, there was, you probably had just as much trouble picking who the pitchers were going to be you know, I think I think we might have had. Yeah. I remember counting with uh, with Rick. Uh, I think we walked like three or four guys the entire spring training out of all the pitchers that threw those innings. 
I mean, that's yeah. that's a good problem to have, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It, it, you know, uh, that that summer, we were just we, – we missed the playoffs by half game. Yeah, I remember. We won, we won our last you 10. Yeah, and, 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 you know, we got hot at the end. We I think we won nine in a row at the end, and, and everybody was playing good baseball. And after that summer was over, there were so many times I'd be sitting at home and going, damn, if we hadn't lost to so-and-so, so-and-so. I, nobody wanted to play us at the end of the summer. We were the best team in the league at the end of the summer. Yeah. And had we made the playoffs, I believe we – we would have done well in the playoffs, I believe. And uh, Roswell kind of had their way with us a little bit during the regular season, but we were a way different team at the end of the year. Yeah, we, and uh, we definitely formed our identity. I could tell. Yeah, yeah, we 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 had a lot of guys uh, that were good teammates uh, on that team, and I I think I think when you're putting a ball club together. It's 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 important to have good baseball players, but if you don't have if you don't have good people, if you have guys that are kind of not the type of guy you want to hang around with all summer long, you need to get rid of that guy and bring a guy in maybe that's not quite as talented, but it's a better player. Um, there's a there's a old baseball coach. Uh, uh, named John Scalinas that I heard him say one time at a coaches convention that um, don't recruit donkeys. If you bring in donkeys, you're going to wind up living in Donkeyville. And he's right. He's absolutely right, man. Yeah. Nobody wants to live in Donkeyville. Uh, I like John Scalinas, and, and and that's the one thing I remember from him. You know, he's an old guy. Uh, I think he's deceased now. He was winning... Uh, College World Series in the 70s at Cal State Pomona. How the hell do you do that? You know, <laughs> you're facing USC and all those guys. Yeah, okay. Johnny won. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had a good club that year. Yeah, for sure. I, I will, you know, a couple of guys still on the podcast. It's already been a season and, and you know, still friends with them. And, and you know, uh, they're trying to get me to come out to Arizona and play in one of those uh, off-season tournaments. Uh, in October, and you know, I'm trying to see what we can do. You know, see what the wife lets me do. You, you spend a summer in Mexico; she doesn't exactly uh, give you the kitchen pass right away. You know, so yeah. <laughs> life of a minor league ball player, yeah, man. No Keep kidding. the suitcase no pack. Yeah. All right. Well, let me let me ask you this: um, Did you notice any coaching style changes? Um, uh, actually, before we get to that question, I wanted to comment on. You did something that I tried to implement that I really liked um, from the beginning. Uh, uh, two things, actually. One was um, your communication on the base path, coach to player, player to coach, as, as a checks and balances system. And we had a lot of guys on the team that didn't understand it, and uh, it's professional baseball, blah, blah, blah. And, and it, when it came down to it, it as simple as showing how many outs, just to make sure everybody's on the same page. And, and before you would even start your sign system, you would make sure we had eye contact, batter to hitter and, and, and runner. And, and, you know, it was as simple as, you know, how many, one out, do, and do I have the right number of outs? I mean, for, for those that don't know, before, you know, halfway through the season at Fort Marcy, uh, we, we had a, a scoreboard that was iffy. Um, and, and honestly, down in, 
<laughs> Down in Mexico, we didn't have a scoreboard. We had a there was one of those chalkboards that was out there in right field, uh, but no one manned it ever. It was it was constantly uh, uh, zero in the top of the first. There was nothing else. You know that was the pre-painted number out there. Uh, but but that that's all you know there was. So you know may, maybe as you get into a higher level of professional baseball, I feel like that's good. But I felt like at the beginning stages, that's some of the teams that I had coached that I brought in right away. I wasn't going to start my sign system until, you know, you, you we, we confirmed how many outs are there. Two, one, zero, whatever's in from there. And I and I wanted to compliment you on that because, I you know, what, who, whoever you. does something good, I'm going to take it just like anybody else would take it. And, okay, I like that idea. I'm going to run, you know, put that in Trust your back pocket. I took I'll bring that, that from someone else, later. And I think that's the way I, baseball, I took that from you know, the, the, the whole sure. purpose behind this podcast is, is to get quality information like that stuff out there because there is so much bad or generic information where people will say things and not explain it all the way. And, you know, getting you on here and talking philosophy, that's one of the, the things that I wanted to get to. The other thing that I really liked you did was the strategy you had at third base, and it was so genius. I didn't understand it when I first got there because uh, we didn't run bases when I was first there. It was the DH. And I always felt like guys didn't understand what was going on. And if you were a new guy coming in and you didn't understand the strategy of it, it made no sense. But for the, those that didn't know, you would be on the third base side, uh, third base coaching box, guy on second. The visiting team was on third base, as and we were on the first base side. Now, when a guy would be going home, your sign to send him home was actually to not do anything. It was actually just to stand there. And I remember multiple times, even spring training when we had the next year when we had to run and, and really thinking, is he gonna is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do it? And it, that was the whole point was to learn to not anticipate stopping, was to, to think as soon as the ball hit, you're gone, you're scoring. And it was so vital in and really even if you were to start yelling to do anything over there at third base, that you weren't even talking to the guy scoring because the guy needs to score anyway. You're talking to the next guy, the runner behind him, on what he needs to do, where, where position he needs to go. And once I, I grasped that concept, I said, same thing, hip pocket, I'm taking that home. You know, from now on, when someone gets, you know, stopped or whatever. And so I put in drills just like you did, you know, with some of the high school kids that I worked in. And I saw them immediately get better at base running. Um, so that was another thing I wanted to compliment you on there. Yeah, John, I, in all sincerity, I believe this with all my heart. I, I'm kind of an aggressive guy on the bases. I honestly believe that, that if you have a good base running team over the course of the summer, it's worth one run a game. If you have a bad base running team, over the course of the summer, you're going to give away one run a game, and that's a that's a two run turnaround if you if you put it that way. And I think it's big to be a good uh, a good base running team. And I think the only way you can be a good base running team, the only base that counts when you get there is home. So you got to be aggressive <laughs> to get home. Yeah, I, I wish we'd have had that uh, when I was in Mexico. It's a different game down there. They don't necessarily focus on uh, base running as much uh, and and I could have used, I, I had, I think I had three complete game um, wins, and uh, two of them were one nothing, uh, and, and that happened a lot of my outings, where it was is going out and, 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 and just winning or losing by one run, and that's just, 
that's un unnerving as a pitcher. You know, when you're going out there, you don't have. I think I, I can remember maybe one or two times where I actually was like, okay, I don't have to go out and get fancy here because we have a six-run lead, and I can just go out yeah. and be aggressive and throw hard things that are going to move late to hit ground balls because I know they're going to swing and I know it's going to move late and I don't have to. I don't even have to worry about location. I just got to get it over the plate. So that was that was huge, uh, you know, and, and I wanted to share that with with the people out there for for all the coaches that are watching this to really divulge into that side of it and, and see what's going from there. Uh, now, your strategy did you did you change anything? Your team when I was there in 2013 and this 2014 team, and did you feel like the teams were similar, or did you have to change any styles? I know you had some returning pitchers. Uh, uh, Carden was cut, he came back right. Um, and it was excellent all summer long. He had a sore arm for a couple of weeks, but beyond that, he, he was dominant in some instances. Uh, and you, speaking of that sore arm thing, for, for those that don't know, uh, uh, how many games did you guys play this year and how many days? We played, um, we played, counting playoffs, we played 73 games and Probably in about 76 days. 76? Yeah. As my memory serves, we had three days where we didn't even have to go to the ballpark the rest of the time. Oh, and that's a lot. One of those games was, was the All-Star game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was in Santa Fe, so all of our guys were there. Yeah. When, uh, when, I, when I was on the All-Star team in 2013, it was the same situation. I think we had gone, when I counted it up, uh, go into the ballpark and everything. I think at that time, right at the All-Star break, we didn't have an off day since the beginning of the season. So I, be I believe it had been like 37 games or somewhere, 38 games. And yeah, the, yeah. a lot of the guys were begging for the off day. And uh, me being honored in the All-Star game, I, I just, whatever. You know, it's it's just like any other day. And, and for those that, you know, I can totally see where, where Cardin uh, uh, would run into some issues um uh, with with his uh, sore arm and down in Mexico they have Mondays off which is actually how the international community plays where everybody has Mondays off no matter what you play six games a week Mondays an off day and I saw I found myself a lot more rested and, and stronger because of that extra day because depending on the only time you would ever actually throw on a normal five-day rest would be if you pitched on Tuesday because it would roll back around to Sunday um, and, and so every other thing else, if you pitched on Wednesday, then you pitched on Tuesday the next week. If you pitched on Thursday, then it was Wednesday. It was a real easy system to know when you were going to throw, but it was, it was so much easier on the arm. And I, and I thought, you know, one of the things that, that you know, I saw it two ways um, being in Santa Fe is playing every day like that. It's definitely hard. I saw it very hard to, to, to you had to stay disciplined on nutrition, your work. You know, you really had to get into a good routine to keep your body fresh and constantly rebuilding and getting into the situation to where you were able to, to you know, could keep throwing. Um, I don't even think, I felt like, I before that season, I started a pretty good strength program to where I was able to uh, feel strong even on my fifth day, um, when in actual reality it was pitch on the fifth day so it was four days rest so and that was constant constant through the year um actually i even remember a couple times to where i was begging to get uh instead of a bullpen day maybe try getting inning from you um, i was just trying to attack as many innings as i could out there and i could totally see how guys in that league would want to do that uh, um 
Was this year, enough. John, we 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 changed uh, we changed what we did uh, a, a little bit. Um, we went uh, five man rotation up until the All Star game, and and we felt very comfortable that we were going to uh, be a playoff team. And I knew everybody else was doing five man rotations too, so. I said, hmm, we got enough arms, so we got some pretty good arms. Why don't we just, from the all-star game in, uh, why don't we go on a six-man rotation? And, and our guys, uh, when it came to the playoffs, we played six playoff games, and we had a guy out there every night that I thought could win. I mean, was fresh enough that I went, we got it, man. That, that's, that's awesome that you said. I Actually, something I had talked with uh, – I don't remember who someone I was talking with earlier on the podcast about, and we were talking about that, and and that was one of the things I'd noticed. If you did have Mondays off, if you did the math on it, that was like being on a six-man rotation. Six, six and, I, man and rotation. I had personally noticed how much better just everything felt with that extra day. I mean, even if I went into and I had, and if I knew ahead of time, which it was pretty easy to know, if I was a Tuesday Sunday pitch day, which would that yeah. you know that happens every time in in yours. It was just unbelievable how one, just 24 hours I just felt so much better. Um, so that's that's awesome. That's some some strategy out there. Fortunately, you you had six guys that you could go out there and, and, and throw with. And I think we actually did the opposite when I was with you to get to, we sure to get the playoffs. Yeah. We dropped down to a four-man. Uh, we just couldn't yeah. seem to find a fifth guy to, to, uh, to, to re- repeat what we were trying to do. That, that made it tough on us that, that summer uh, from two standpoints. Is just before the All-Star game, we lost Carden, who arguably was the best guy in the league. I don't know. Maybe he was pretty damn good. And we also lost uh, another guy a couple days later, hurt his hip. I don't know. If you, uh, oh, I think, if, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, I don't remember yeah, the name. He, he, he hurt his hip. So we lost two starting pitchers in a matter of three or four days. And we spent, and, and this probably that half game we were talking about earlier, you don't want to blame it on anything, but it, had we been able to keep one of those two guys or both of those two guys, uh, probably were a playoff team. I mean, Cardin probably missed four starts, five starts with us, probably were a playoff team. Toward, toward the end, when we went on the nine-game run, uh, I had you guys pitching every fourth day. And and uh, and I was getting deep in games with you guys. I mean, it wasn't like you were going out there and throwing 60 pitches, 70 pitches. We were getting you deep in the games. We were getting seventh inning, you know, 80 pitches, 90 pitches. And, and uh, I, I respected you guys a lot being able to do that. It was tough. Yeah, it was. I, I believe on, even on my last, I think I, I went even on short rest, even shorter on my last start. I think I went on two days rest. Um, and in uh, Las Vegas, yeah, in Las Vegas, my last, I came even shorter after throwing because I, I think I, I went pretty far on a day, and I think I only had like 85 pitches, and uh, only, only, yeah. <laughs> well, and you know that's another thing I, you know, wanted, I wanted to talk to you about was um, being at, being on the other side in, in this other situation. Uh, um, your thoughts on this whole hundred pitch thing. Um, I understand the concept, but I want to know what your thoughts are on it first, and then I'll and I'll explain for what my thought process is. What what I think, I think 
first of all, the guys that play at this level are young guys. They're mostly guys freshly out of college. And even if they were the ace of their college staff, they pitch once a week, they pitch every seven days. Um, so you, you're not used to that load of a five-man rotation or six-man, even a six-man rotation. Oh, well, it's only one day. Well, it's one day. And, and, and as you mentioned earlier, that one day makes a big difference. Yeah. So my thought process is, is if you leave a young guy out there for 120, 130 pitches, uh, boy, I'm going to ask him to go do it again in five days. I don't want to get anybody hurt. You know, I mean, my goal every summer, and I don't accomplish it often, and it's too bad, is to promote some guys. And if you get some guy with a tender arm toward the end of the summer, it's impossible to promote it. And, and so I try... 100 pitches, 110 pitches, pretty much into the line, unless you got a shutout going or something special, special going, especially uh, with a nine-man lineup card, you know, no DH. Um, pitchers are going to come up, and maybe it's a game situation in the seventh or eighth inning, and you're right around 90 pitches. Why running back out there again? Put a hitter in and, and uh, let him get ready for his next start. That's my theory on it. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing with that is, like you're saying, is is having the issue with the no off days, the five man rotation, uh, you know, run into that. And originally, when I came in, I was the same thing. I was the same college guy. Oh, I throw 130 pitches in college. It's no big deal. Uh, and then I finally was able to do some research, and and the thing that I started looking at is, is kind of like a uh, withdrawal deposit. Um, you know, every game I was going to withdraw 100 pitches from my arm, my arm bank, I guess you could say. Uh, if I went, and that was that was like my, my buffer. If I went beyond that 100 pitches, then I was actually felt like I was withdrawing from my next start uh, and pulling pitches out of that start. And, and a lot of guys don't understand that, you know, with that little, limited amount of time, you have a lot of work you have to do to get basically back to 100%, and you're just hoping that that day you wake up you know, on your fifth day rest that you feel back to zero. Um, and, and being in that, in that uh, uh, time slot this past season in Mexico, I found an awesome routine. I was able to tweak my workout in the gym and my running and, and my nutrition and, and able to find a sweet spot that, and, and just get in a nice, easy routine. And, and I think that was probably the easiest thing that, you know, being, being an English, you know, an American guy down in Mexico playing, almost made it easier to be disciplined because the distractions were so much less because you didn't have <laughs> yeah, a lot of guys that were going, let's go do this, let's go do that. And you had a lot of alone time where, you know, it's, it was way easier to stay focused and, and, and just go, okay, well, I get, you know, if I go do something tonight, that affects I have to get up in the morning and my workout, no, I'll stay home. And, you know, it could be a little maturity and in getting into it, but I saw direct results in, in my pitching and, my ability to go out and, and compete in ball games, so that's what I felt like I was going to do. So that I was, always thought that you were. A, I always thought you were a very good, disciplined guy. Um, anyway, I mean, I, I I don't know what your personal life that was that much, but I always felt that you were that you took good care of yourself and didn't didn't get stupid. And 
you know, waste your time out doing things that you don't need to do. I didn't didn't run around looking for any peanut butter. Try to try to. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so last year's team, this year's team, similar team. Um, Yes and no. Uh, uh, The the year that you played, the pitching probably wasn't from 1 to 11 as deep. This, this year, uh, we made a couple of trades at the uh, a week or 10 days after the All-Star game, brought some more bullpen help in. And, uh, and the pitching was a little deeper, I think. And um, defensively, very similar. Uh, very similar teams. Uh, I, it's hard to say which which team was better. I think they would have played. I think they would have played good series against each other. I, I, I really do. We we had a better win loss record than the year you played. Why was that? Probably have to attribute it to being a little deeper, uh, pitching wise, all the way through the summer instead of uh, uh, like like uh, instances we talked about earlier where you guys wound up on a four man rotation. Which actually, we may have played our best baseball one. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, attacking the zone. I, I'm a big component of, uh, uh, and you and I talked. That was some, one of the other phrases that you and I talked about was three on and off. You know, three pitches on or off. Uh, I don't like wasting pitches. Matter of fact, when I was uh, pitching up at the college, uh, one of the coaches was talking to me about my out pitch, this and that, and I was trying to tell him, you know, look, I, if I can get a strikeout, it's awesome. Um, but what, really what I'm trying to do is get weak contact. And I don't care if it happens yeah. on the first pitch or the last pitch. You know, if, if he finds a hole, he finds a hole. That's not – I can't do anything about that. But if I can get him to hit it into that dirt area right in front of home plate, I'm going to win a majority of the time. And, yeah. and so, Sandy Koufax, uh, uh, I was reading a book this summer about Sandy Koufax, and one of the quotes he had in the book was uh, when he finally figured out um, to get uh, – pitchers to swing and hit the ball instead of swing and miss at the ball, he became a better pitcher. Yeah. And, and I 100% believe that. Get, throw three, get him out of there, next guy. Yeah, That's, exactly. And, and, you know, and that comes into a quality pitch thing. I mean, I know you and I aren't saying throwing it right down the middle, um, you know, on that if you're 0-2, but, you know, definitely trying to – 